Hello, everybody who is about to listen to Rather Righteous Records, episode two. Uh, I just wanted to mention a quick editorial thing before the actual episode. At one point, we mention an album by the band Hella called There's No 666 in Outer Space. We thought that Cedric Bixler's Zavala from the Mars Volta and the album for this episode, Cryptomnesia, was on There's No 666 in Outer Space. We learned after the episode was recorded that the singer for that album was a gentleman named Aaron Ross. He has his own material on Bandcamp as well. We thought it was Cedric, Moises and I. It sounded a lot like Cedric. I'm thoroughly surprised that it's not him. So, uh, excuse that. Also, uh, close to the end, our friend Andy comes in. He listened to some of the album with us while we were going through it and thought he left his keys in our little studio. So, uh, you'll hear him too. He's a great guy. So, thank you, and thank you for waiting through this little introduction. And let us begin. This is uh, episode two or three, I guess, depending on which way we release them, of uh, Rather Righteous Records. Uh, What? Why? (laughs) (laughs) It ruins the illusion. The illusion of what? (laughs) The magic. Whatever, man. man. (laughs) It kind of curses yourself. You know what? The episode's done. I'm going (laughs) (laughs) off. No, uh, okay. So yeah, Joey and I are here, as we were before, and this time we have... Two of my good friends and Joey's good acquaintances, James Stone. Hi. He plays Irish music. Haven't in a while. But oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. It's, it's been a while. You played I the, need to. the Bodron. <laughs> the the, the Bodron. Yeah. No, Bauron. The Bodron. Yeah. Yeah. And he, you played the cello before. Yeah. And I got it back. Oh, really? It's, it's here now. It's, it's here? No, no. no it, in Dallas. Oh, okay. Cool. Uh, so I you didn't replace a string. Oh, I know you gave me a string. I never replaced the sound post. That was it. Why did I have a cello string? <laughs> uh, you, like, ordered something else, and there was just a cello string in the box, I think. Oh, yeah. Neat. Because. <laughs> <laughs> and then we also have Moises. Yeah. Um, Moises has done, like, almost all of the artwork that you would see on a studies website, because... Reluctantly pro bono. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any money until like this year because I was unemployed. <laughs> but uh, I'm just gonna make it a running joke that you're never gonna pay me back. All right, fine. I won't. <laughs> it won't be a joke. It'll be a reality. <laughs> and uh, we play in a band called Wolves Rain. Yeah. He is starting a power violence group, which is apparently a it's thing. it's in very early stages. <laughs> it's like in the stage where hey, I'm gonna learn this instrument to mm. play in this band. I've done it before. Okay. What is power violence? Uh, power violence is actually a subgenre of. <laughs> God, I'm just gonna leave. No, 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 no. A serious question. Let's not go down the rabbit hole, though. <laughs> it's it's kind of like hardcore punk, um, and it's a halfway point between hardcore punk and grindcore. Okay, okay. So it's a little bit more melodic than grindcore. It's not as angry, but it's still very just emotional and aggressive. Alright, I got I, I got an image in my head. Yeah, at least. <laughs> I never heard of this. <laughs> I've been like, listening to this music for years. Do you remember that one festival that we played with Odin's and it was just that 
dude with, who played the guitar and that one guitar or the one vocalist who kept making obscene gestures. With, oh yeah, I, my, those I feel like yeah, they might be somewhere in retarded. this. Yeah, I think they're somewhere <laughs> in this. They were like, well, your tastes will work well with this album. Yeah, yours. I don't know what you're here. I'm gonna be upset. You might be. Upset. I, I see it on the table. I'm gonna be upset. No, dude, you're, 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 you're gonna enter a new world. He's got like a holographic Charizard. Dude, this thing, <laughs> this thing is super trippy. So, um, this is an album by one of my favorite musicians and artists just ever. Same. This is the album Cryptonesia, one of the solo albums by Omar Rodriguez Lopez. Released as the only album by El Grupo Nuevo de Omar Rodriguez Lopez. <laughs> That's actually what it says. Like, it's the only one that says that. Um, a brief history. I think a lot of you guys already know about Omar. There's a whole lot about him because he started young and he hasn't stopped. His first group was this, like, hardcore punk band called Startled Calf. You can find film of him as a vocalist in some high school talent show. <laughs> just running around like cute little Omar. It's adorable. Oh, I want mm-hmm. to find that. Yeah, you should. Startled Calf. Then um, he was the bassist for At The Drive-In. Then bassist? he became yeah he started as a bassist. Oh. Then he went to the guitarist, and that's how they got really famous. At the drive-in became boring to him and Cedric, and I think they were on too much cocaine. So heroin. They, oh, heroin. Yeah. Neat. So they went to that dub group de facto, which I don't know much about, but they they had a dub group. They had an album called "How Do You Dub You Fight for the Dub You Plug Dub In." That is the name <laughs> of the album. <laughs> then the Mars Volta, which they're super known for, and then. After the Mars Volta, he had a short group called Bosnian Rainbows, and then Antimask, and then At the Drive-In. What a lot of people don't know as much, because it wasn't nearly as supported as the major bands, was that while Omar was working on the Mars Volta, he would also, according to him, in a 2007 or 2008 interview with a website called Toasted, would record about 10 to 11 solo albums a year. He claimed 10 to 11 a year. So this has been happening habitually. He also has made, I think, about seven movies, though he's only released three. And up to this point, I think he has 48? 40-something solo albums. Woo. That are published. Woo. <laughs> In the chronology of like his complete solo albums, I think, like completely him, I think this is the 11th. It was recorded primarily in 2006, I think they did some overdubs in 2008, but he said that they recorded it in, in like five or six days, right at the same time as he was recording another one of his solo albums, and also working with the drummer, Zach Hill, from the notorious band Death Grips. Almost wore my Death Grips shirt. You should have. I should have. I know nothing about Death Grips. The first time I saw anything about them, I thought they were a joke. <laughs> wait, wait, right, seriously? Yeah. No, no, they're, no, they're no they're it's like... Dude. <laughs> There's something else. They're cool. They, uh, he's my favorite drummer. Like, I don't think anyone captures his intensity because he doesn't sound like a very technical drummer, like a prog drummer or anything, <clears> but still he does, like, hit the shit out of it. And, I, <laughs> and, like, and you respect it. Oh, I, I do. And, I mean, you see, like, photos of him bleeding all over the drum set. Whoa! Yeah, it's insane. Um, but he's amazing. I love Daddy Zach Hill. <laughs> the only other thing that I know about him is... Shortly after this album was released, Cryptomnesia, which was released in 2009, I think the next one was 2011, because apparently Zach Hill and Omar recorded three albums. They released the second one, Mantra Hiroshima, I believe in 2011, and I've listened to it a few times, and I've tried to get other people to listen to it, and no one else will stand listening to it. I once played it in the car with Trent, and he was like, we got to track three, and it's just such 
freneticism because, you know, it's Omar and Zach Hill. Yeah. It was how fast can we play and how much noise can we put in here? Trent was like, hey, um, can we turn this off? <laughs> so, yeah, um, fun facts. I don't know how much, you don't know much about the Mars Volta, do you? No, but I, I've seen, I've seen videos of them live and that's mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. So they had six full-length albums, like studio albums. Um, Octahedron came out a month after this one did, and Octahedron is where they went pretty much their, like, downhill in terms of the intensity of their albums. Their, their, the album before that one, Bedlam and Goliath, a bunch of crazy stuff happened. If you are curious about it, like, you or the listener, you should look into it on your own time, because... I'll put an asterisk on that, because some of that is kind of hearsay. Well, it may be, but, I mean, the legend... Yeah, yeah, it's a nice legend, though. I like it. It's a good story. Yeah, yeah. I've never even thought about it potentially being fake. Oh, yeah. But either way, they, like, chilled out after that a lot. Octahedron is a very calm album, prospectively, and Cedric has always called it their pop album, Mm -hmm. and, yeah... Like that that face of skepticism. Well, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm wondering like pop for Omar. Uh, yeah, yeah. What is that? Well, actually, Bosnian Rainbows, the band after the Mars Volta, is pretty chill, and some oh, of his solo albums are pretty chill too. Unfortunately for you, not this one. But okay. <laughs> yeah, they they did chill out, and like I said, this this came out in May 2009. Octahedron came out in June 2009, and Cedric said in an interview, for all the Mars Volta fans who are disappointed that it doesn't have the same Mars Volta. Everything that they, they should pick up Cryptonesia, which is what we have in front of us. So mm-hmm. this one's going to be a little uh, all over the place. Is the yeah. impression yeah. I'm getting? Yeah, <laughs> Judging by cool. that smile, I'm not yeah, wrong. I like that. I'm super excited to not only just listen to this because this is the first time I'm going to listen to it on a CD. I got the vinyl version in 2015, but I don't think it was meant to be pressed to vinyl. It's it's just not. Although there is one fun thing about it. The inside of side A has an endless groove on this really noisy part. Oh. <laughs> so it, it's a very seamless, endless groove, but like it gets, it, it grinds into your brain. Nice. <laughs> so let's see, is there anything else? Wait, so I'm sorry, what year did this come out? It was released in 2009 and recorded in 2006. Is, was Cedric in this? Yeah, yeah, Cedric does the vocals. Okay. Uh, Juan Alteren, or I don't, I can't speak. Okay. Yeah, De La Pena. Yeah, I'm. Thank you. De la Pena? Brazilian. Yeah, yeah. Look. Oh, I always read it as uh, Juan Arduarte. Oh, I've never seen the De la Pena part. That's his full name, allegedly. At least. Um, fun fact: He was in a speed metal group in the '80s. That Racer uh, X, right? Racer X. Yeah, yeah. yeah oh shit! I listen yeah. to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah cool. Racer X, and he was a John Arduarte then. Oh really? As soon as he joined a Mars Volta for some reason, he switched to Juan. Started having the Mexican flags on his arms. <laughs> yeah. <and stuff. laughs> but, Hispanic pride. Um, and also, I just looked this up because I forgot what year it was, but in 2007... What was that? Uh, nice. <laughs> okay, go ahead. But in 2007, Cedric was on Hella. Hella's the math rock Zach mm-hmm. Hill's in, which is just a guitar and a drum. Um, Cedric was in There's No 666 in Outer Space, <laughs> their album in 2007. Yeah, so you've recommended that to me. I need to listen to that one. Yeah, it's album good. titles, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these people are fucking crazy, dude. <laughs> um, well, uh, Omar has specifically said many times that a lot of the names of their stuff sound so weird because they just pick stuff that sounds good together. <laughs> Some of these I don't know if I want to say on here. I guess we're going to mark it explicit anyway, but, like, like one of the tracks on here is called Paper Cunts. <laughs> There's nice. um, Elderly Pair Beaten with Hammer. 
Well, I don't know if it's Cedric or Omar that comes up with like all those uh, portmanteaus. That, are, that was um. Small. Some of them were Jeremy Michael Ward too. Like Amputexture, oh. that was him. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And he died. He died. He died before the Mars Volta, or he died right as the Mars Volta was about to come out with their first album. Oh. Jeremy Michael Ward was really important to Omar. They made Omar's first movie together, Manual Dexterity, but since he died, they never put it out. Right. But they did do two albums that were the soundtrack from it, which was his first solo album, and then another one called Absence Makes the Heart Grow Fungus, which I thought was a pretty great name. So, I think that's most of the pertinent information leading into this album. Is there anything else that you guys are curious about before we jump into it? Do you guys want to look at any of it? Ooh. Yeah, it looks trippy as shit. <laughs> Do you guys want to see the album booklet? Maybe read a little bit about it? Oh, that reminds me of one more thing. So, good luck reading this, by the way. Omar said that, I think in the notes of this, that a lot of people will probably say ill things about it, but he's very proud of it. Oh, shit. So, this is the lyric sheet. Um, uh, right? Why are you going to explain no. for the listeners? No, they can see it. They can see it? Mm-hmm. The listeners? Oh, yep. Oh. <laughs> it's the it's turn the, on your television. It's now. the portrait of Markov. <laughs> so um, yeah, for the listeners, much like how Emeril Lagasse wanted smellovision, I'll just explain this to you. This is true, by the way, about Emeril. That's that's important to music, right? So yeah, the the booklet for this has um an inward spiral of text, but it's still in rows, so you just have to know when to jump down to the next row. I can't think of. A more explanatory way to do this. Oh, okay. So that reminds me of one more thing that you might find particularly interesting as a graphic designer. Mm-hmm. I think Sunny K did the artwork for this one too. Yeah, design and layout by Sunny K. Sunny K did all of Omar's, not all, but nearly all of Omar's solo albums up until he stopped making them in 2012 when his mom died. Mm-hmm. So he did a re- he released like 20 something from 2016 to. About June of last year. Suck it, Jack White. Right? <laughs> and, um... Sonny didn't do the artwork on any of those. It was somebody named Mackie. But Sonny K's artwork is super cool. And I love it. I'm gonna look it up. And on all of Omar's solo albums up until that point, they're just amazing. And it, it bums me out that he didn't do the newer stuff. But that is okay. It's a nice... Design. It's crazy, right? It's super trippy. Mm-hmm. I, I still don't know how I feel about the liner notes. Because <laughs> it'd be really nice to understand the lyrics, but I can't even, like, get my head around That's a the... fucking headache. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'll say one last thing. I don't know anything about this guy, but there's a gentleman named Jonathan Hishk who plays synth bass on here. So there's Cedric on vocals, Omar on guitar and keyboards, Zach Hill on drums, Juan on bass, and then this dude named Jonathan Hishk on synth bass. If anybody who listens to this knows more about him, I know that he was in a 90s, like, electronic rock group, but that's all I yeah, have I any know, information I about. about that guy. What's so, yeah. the name of the band? I don't, I don't remember. I just looked into it, like, once. Okay. So, yeah, let's listen to it. Quality over quantity. Well, oh yeah, that's why we're here and that's why we listen to that. So yeah, we're back. (laughs) Um, Yeah, in response to that. So before we get into um, your notes and reactions, I just wanted to read exactly what it says in the middle of this. 
So if you're, it's actually decently easy to follow if you like set yourself and up start for it. turning it. <laughs> yeah. So oh, is that? That's a needle arm. So it's a hole. Oh. Are you trying to put this put this on a record player? No, I'm saying like <laughs> oh that's, yeah yeah. That's if you put it on the record player and started yeah. this RPM, it reveals a map. To Omar's Ooh. hidden treasure. Hey, what, what, if it, what if it does have some shit like that? Oh, God. If you That'd be something Jack White would do. <laughs> Omar is the good Jack White. I like Jack White. The non-douchey Jack White. Uh, I mean, he's he, okay. He seems much more neurotic. Yeah. I, I like Omar. I like okay. See, so yeah, I found it. To soothe the, sim- the symptoms of a cursed go-between, this magnetar of a record... Parentheses, an uncomfortable meditation on bad manners, in parentheses, was recorded in the foul summer of 2006. It then sat in my grotesquely overpopulated Roman holiday of a closet, awaiting its vocal tracks, which were finally realized in the illustrious Australian summer of 2008. Being predisposed to insults, I would like to say now that I love this record with all my guts and find it very much worth the wait. Parentheses, I hope you'll agree, though I sense some of you may not. End parentheses. <laughs> this project, as many before it, though one small step forward in my, our, personal therapy, still bears the question, is our footing sure enough to be trusted? So that's what it says in the very inside. Hashtag deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So, we just listened to Cryptomnesia in its entirety. Um, James, you looked like you were having PTSD. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, so I didn't... I didn't hate it. Um, so there's, there's a start, right? I, um, like, just as an overall view, like, I, I... There were parts of it I liked. Cool. And, and a lot of the songs, like, I, I would be sitting there and I would focus on, like, one particular part of, like, like what... Like, I'd focus on, like, I like what the guitar is doing. I like what the drums are doing. I like the vocals, but when you put them together, for some reason, I don't like it. <laughs> well, it's it's a very disjointed album, like Polly. There's a few things in yeah. particular that I'll say about that as we get into it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fully fine with it. What is it? Polyrhythmic? Not just polyrhythmic. Poly. Because they're everything. Be, they're just, <laughs> they yeah. can be polytonal, polymetric, yeah, yeah. all that. And, and I, I did like I like the second half better than the first. I like I, somewhere I I couldn't tell you track names. Numbers or names? No, it all seemed like we're not supposed to. Yeah, really I, yeah. I think it's meant to be heard in one sitting. Yeah, yeah and, very seamless. Uh, near the second half, I liked it a bit more. Well, that's um, good. I couldn't tell you what I liked about it. It just <laughs> something clicked. The, well, um, one thing that I'm guessing is um, the songs "Paper Cunts" and "Elderly Pair Beaten with Hammer." That's the stuff that really <laughs> sounded like like he had, Cedric had that Led Zeppelin kind of melody going on. Mm-hmm. The more like. "Quote unquote normal." Yeah, 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 I guess so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, uh, what about you guys? So, I I wrote this and I definitely feel this way. I wrote this about halfway in, but I thought this was an unhinged TMV or Mars mm-hmm. Like, it just feels like they're kind of going all out, even though. And parts I was just like, this is pretty much the Mars Volta. I mean, it's yeah. three guys from Mars Volta. And, I mean, they've never had a steady drummer, so he, Zach Hill might as well be in Mars Volta. He totally would have fit. He would have. Mm-hmm. That would have um, been cool. God, they're, he would have been They're drummers that just... They, whenever Omar put together drummers with the Mars Volta, he always just tried to find the people who could play the fastest, the smoothest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess to James's point, how everything, like, 
it's so convoluted put together because you have a batshit drummer you know, <laughs> and you have a batshit guitarist that are both just like going insane at it. <laughs> and uh you know, it reminded me a lot of math groups like Hella, which have mm-hmm. Zach Hill, where it's just like just insanity paired up together mm-hmm. to a point where you're just like you don't know what the fuck is going on. And then you add on top of that, like I started reading lyrics along, but I'm like mm-hmm. I don't know why I'm doing this. It's Cedric. His lyrics make no sense at all. No, I've like one, I know a few of them pretty well, but one Nielsen family at a time in a cardboard test site. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, with your granite, I have pills to eat. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that song. Of course, it's not as weird as like the kiosk in my temporal. My the kiosk in my front temporal lobe is shaped like Rosalind Carter. <laughs> Yeah, dude. Like, um, All right. Actually, one of Omar's other solo albums has the line "Los ovarios de tu ojos negros," the ovaries of your black eyes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, Joey, what do you think about this? Oh, I love. I fucking love that. <laughs> no, I. Okay, the good thing was it put me in this nice trance. Like, I, I like that kind of psycho repetition. But there's always. He did one thing I loved. Which I do with my music, too. There's always one thing that just repeats. It's mm-hmm. constant. There's one thing that keeps ground, and then it just sounds like you're improving over that, letting your insanity out, and that's what mm-hmm. I hear from Omar, and I yeah, love it. Yeah, I, I get that. And then Zach Hill made it. Like, I think he he was the biggest drive on that whole yeah, album, sure. and that was fun. And I didn't care for Cedric's vocals really? in the first half. The second half, he figured it out, but the first <laughs> half, it looked like he was trying to figure it out. I, I feel like the vocals kind of got lost a lot. Yeah, it was Just, like, okay. it sounded like he didn't know what the hell he was doing. <laughs> Do you guys mind if I, like, rant for a little bit? No, no like, rant. So, part of the reason that I love music like this and that I wanted to put together a podcast of less popular stuff is that, like, we're all musicians, and I don't have it in me to play a lot of really intense video games, though I really like them conceptually. Like, I'd love to play the original Legend of Zelda, but I don't have that in me. It's too vast a game, even though technically you could get through it really quickly. And music like this speaks to me in that same way. Like, this is a challenge to get through. (laughs) And that's what I love a lot about it. And then as you dig into the layers, you can see a lot of stuff. Like you said, you lose the tracks because... Omar is notorious about this on his solo albums. A lot of songs will essentially be diptychs, not diptychs, <laughs> diptychs, as in like two panels facing each other. So like it's it's pretty much the same song just split into two at a point to where it seems coherent. Okay. okay. Mm-hmm. If you um go to his solo compilation album, it has three of the tracks from this. So those ones I heard a lot more before I bought this album. One of which was the second track, Half Kleptos. And then um, one of the really, really frenetic ones. And... Oh man, I went so far into that rabbit hole that I forgot what else I was going to say. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> but um, something else, like, I thought this was weird. So, like I said at the beginning, I had the vinyl version of this and I got the CD for this podcast, so I thought that the mixing would be better, but the mixing is still super weird. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. It got muddy, I heard a lot of distortion. Well... I don't know if he does that on purpose or, like, what happens, because he had an album, a solo album called Unicorn Skeleton Mask, and the mixing on that one is just straight up objectively awful. <laughs> and then they... whenever I mean, Lo-Fi has a charm to it. Yeah, it does, because he, they did a re-release of... 
or like whenever they did that new cycle of albums in 2016 and 2017, they redid a lot of stuff from that album Unicorn Skeleton Mask on the other albums, and the mixing was a lot better, and some of it was overdubbed, but a lot of it wasn't. So I wonder if a lot of this stuff from the pre-2012 like solo stoppage, essentially, was done deliberately like crazy lo-fi. Yeah, it, it had that feel where... Like, I couldn't tell if what they were doing was intentional or not, sometimes. And also that whole synth bass was... Like, the synth bass combined with the bass guitar and all those layers. Yeah, that shit got crazy. Yeah, I, I liked the, like, bubbling that you could feel going on. I was gonna ask you, did Zach Hill do any electronic programming? Like, not just drums, but just, like, any electronic It's not. It's not listed, but I'm sure that he did. Because I know he has a lot of influence in that. Well... He does that all in Death Grips. Yeah, yeah. Death, well, yeah, yeah so bass. it doesn't say that he did anything specifically. It says that he just did drums and the music was written by Omar, but mm-hmm. I'm sure that he did. Yeah. Because some of that stuff just, like, reminded me of mm-hmm. uh, some of the electronic uh, arrangements that he does. Because he does a lot of, um, he does samples on, like, electronic drums, and then he just, like, drums those samples. Oh, neat. Yeah, so... Oh, yeah, Between the Bird and Me guy does that, too. Yeah. Yeah, I've seen him do it. Um, so that's basically how he did this entire album with, um, Bjork samples. Like, he was pretty much just drumming on Bjork samples, <laughs> and then they recorded an album. Dang. Uh, Fellows on the Moon. Dang. Except cool. Except Fellows, it's the N-word. Um, but I'm not going to say that. Oh, oh. yeah. <laughs> I'll let you say that. Uh, I did get a Death Grips feel from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, I, I could hear that same drum tone pretty mm-hmm. much. That exactly. snare was brutal. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Even those toms, like those tom fills near the end, mm-hmm. they were fucking crazy. It probably mm-hmm. changes the head like five times per song. I'm sure. And um, Juan uses a pick on a lot of this stuff, and he doesn't mm-hmm. always do that, but you can just, it just sounds like a pick. The bass yeah. was crazy. Yeah, very tricky lid. Um, let's see. I'm wondering if there's anything in particular that I want to go over. Did you guys take any notes that you... You gave up on notes. I gave up on notes. <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of did, too. I, I took uh, my approach to school with notes. <laughs> <laughs> I had a general feel for the album. Not, nothing specific. Mm, that's fine. Uh, I, I, wrote, I wrote, what the fuck is up with the drummer? I feel <laughs> uneasy. That was the first track. That the was, second um, one was, fuck yeah. And oh, yeah, the, the first good. track, like, I, yeah. that, as, like, an introduction <laughs> to that, as someone who's not, like, used to Omar's music, mm-hmm. that was a little, like, man, this is gonna be a fucking trip. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> But the sure. second one, uh, around the second one, I was like, okay, okay, so, there's, there's stuff in here I could probably like. Actually, that is something that I wanted to mention. So, Half Kleptos, the second track, is one of the ones that's on Telesterion, the compilation album. I've heard that one way more than I've heard the rest of the stuff really on this. Good. Yeah, yeah. It's probably my favorite one. Yeah, that yeah. shit was badass. In, um, oh, sorry. Oh, you you go on. I have a note about the fourth one, so okay. go on. So with uh, that one, Half Kleptos, it's interesting because, like you said, a lot of it stays pretty much the same loop. And you yeah. said that you thought a lot of it just sounded off? Yeah, I guess. Something interesting about that track that I've, like, I've played it like, I've learned it, and I've listened to it. The drums are keeping a fairly constant, like, do 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 but it does, he does the snare hits on the third and fourth measures of each set, but the vocals are offset for a lot of it based on how many rests he does in between, like, the verse and the chorus and the bridge. Really, there's not a bridge, but, like, the verses and the choruses. So he's not in line with their sets of four, so he's doing his own separate sets of four until the last chorus. 
and you wouldn't notice it if you unless you really listen to it. But something about it, like you feel <laughs> these like headache. yeah, you yeah. feel these random like snare hits and these random crashes. And I know that I always do them every time I hear it. Like he'll just be in the middle of his verse and the Zag will just. Did they ever play this live? I don't know. If they did, not the whole album, and I don't think they ever did because I don't think Omar ever booked a solo tour with Zach, mm. which is a <clears throat> darn shame. Yeah, yeah I would have loved cool. to see that. People would have died. That would have been some crazy pits. Do you? What are you guys' thoughts on any comparison to Dillinger? Yes, I had that feel. Mm. Yeah, drumming. Yeah, yeah mainly in the okay. drums. The drums mm. and the, whenever the guitars did like a lot of their. Looping like dissonant loops. Dissonance, yeah, yeah the dissonant awesome. loops were. I mean, it's, Omar always does that whole really atonal uh, scale thing that do 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 like almost chromatic mm. scaling and chromatic uh, with a few notes missing. <laughs> <laughs> Love that so much. But I was gonna yeah yeah. That's what I was saying. Like how Zach he feels like. An intense, just like super precise drummer, but something about him doesn't make him sound technical like Dillinger's drummer, like yeah. any other prog drummer. Because I don't know, he just has more of a passion to it that just makes him sound mm-hmm. like just like a punk drummer and not like a metal drummer. Yeah, I see yeah. what you're talking about. That's yeah. how it felt. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if that has anything to do with the production of the of the way that his drums are done as well. Because I've seen yeah. videos of him playing, and he doesn't seem like he uses really like this is going to be a weird Not thing like a million say. microphones yeah he does recording <laughs> and watching him he's much less cautious with his overhead like his symbols and stuff mm-hmm. whereas with a lot of that whole progressive scene I can't believe I said that <laughs> but I did in the progressive scene from point of view of production not whatever you guys want to consider a genre or not a genre we'll go into it later like do you want to argue about genres <laughs> yes <laughs> um the symbols are kept really low. Like, if you listen to... Oh, yeah, I barely all heard. Of the, I couldn't keep time sometimes because yeah. well, yeah. they got buried. His are much louder in, mo- in most yeah. recordings that I've heard of him, though. Like, even if this was a different album by a different set of people, you probably wouldn't have heard him at all. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You mostly probably just didn't notice him as much because this album is a mess. Well, I just, <laughs> yeah, I felt like there was no time, there was no key. No. There was just... Yeah. They were just there. Yeah, there was a lot of <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of time changing. An album just happened. That album. There was a lot of like song changing <laughs> happening within like thirty within seconds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Cryptomnesia, that main like don bom 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 It sometimes I think it's like eleven eight, and then other times it's like fifteen. Yeah, I don't I don't remember exactly, but shit ton of time. It's almost the same, and then it changes. Also, do you guys know what the word cryptomnesia means? Nope. No. I didn't know what it meant up until, like, five months ago, whenever I got interested in stand-up. Cryptomnesia is pretty notorious in the stand-up world because, if I remember correctly, it means that you are reciting something as though you think you thought of it, but it's just so far back in your subconscious oh, that you shit. don't remember hearing it from something. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah, so yeah, this album crazy. must have been dedicated to Carlos Mencia. <laughs> yeah, that sounds right? <laughs> He's part of the Mars Volta, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> can, we, can we edit in some air horns right there? <laughs> <laughs> Barry, throw in some air horns. Barry. <laughs> Jesus. Put that in, Barry. <laughs> um, I was going to talk about 
track four, which was the one that's like very nauseating. Um, uh, no, it's They're Coming to Get You, Barbara. Oh, yeah, you're right. Peony Humans is the fifth. That's the one with the looping. I mean, it's, yeah. hard, it's hard to tell, like, which one's which. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it's... I'm looking at the lyrics. This one, it says it's instrumental, except for, like, a spoken word thing. But uh, you want to play Peekaboo? Yeah. Yeah? You you said you want to play Peekaboo? I do want to play Peekaboo. <laughs> Let's play Peekaboo. <laughs> so, I okay. didn't hear any of that. I've Me never either. heard that any time. I'm sure that wasn't, uh, like, the transition or... I'm, that could have uh, been background shit, like something that they got heard. They do that a lot. Yeah, there's a lot. They, there's yeah. a lot of interludal stuff on this album in yeah. general. Um, but are you aware of Kraut Rock? Like Can? Yeah. Still don't know what it is, but I know that Can does it. I mean, it's yeah, it's just like Can does like really repetitive. It's like almost like space rock or jam rock, pretty much. But Why? it's just all these adjectives. <laughs> Wait, if there's space rock and jam rock, is there space jam rock? <laughs> <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I'm sure Quad City DJs are the first band to do oh, that. Oh god. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's it just reminds me of that and I know um Elmar's probably definitely influenced by Kraut Rock. Like there's uh, He did an album with the singer of Can. Damo Suzuki? Yeah. yeah. Oh shit, I don't know of that. Mm -hmm. I've I've heard Damo Suzuki does a lot of stuff as of recently, but um yeah, it just reminded me of that. Just like that super repetitiveness, mm -hmm. the point where it's like almost making you nauseous. But yeah, that's what I really like about it. A lot of his solo stuff has especially bass and drum loops that do that, but this album has a lot of much more depthful repetition. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because in a lot of circumstances that would be cause for trance. And I'm sure that you, like Joey, Moises, and I are more acclimated to this, so you brought, like you said, you fell into that trance. But yeah. how, how would that affect you as someone who does not... Listen to this stuff <laughs> specifically. What the, the transmit? The, the fact that it like it gets, puts your mind into a trance. Did you did yeah. you get comfortable yeah. at all at any point in this? Like, did you find uh, solace in this? Like, <laughs> did I find deeper meaning? Like, it's basically a mind fuck, but like the one, two, three, four, five, fifth, sixth, sixth thing in my notes was James looks distressed. <laughs> <laughs> you would always look at me whenever a very sudden... Yeah, just just sudden song changes uh, with weird like transitions. I felt like kind of peace at times. Yeah, you look yeah, pretty... Yeah. We all looked pretty lax. I was trying to, like, stare into middle distance and just, like... <laughs> it was near the end I got uncomfortable again. Mm -hmm. Like, the first track and then near the end... Mm -hmm. Especially whenever it was going like like every couple of seconds, it would just cut out and mm -hmm. switch to something else. Yeah, yeah, that, so that shit got a little. I feel yeah. like they did a, that a lot in uh, Bedlam and Goliath. Yeah, yeah, they did. They yeah. had a lot of like in the middle of the song, they switched to like something completely different. Bedlam and Goliath, with it, I think it was released in two thousand eight. So the vocals were recorded like about that time too. Oh really? Okay, I think. Um, but I just, sure. I just remember like specifically the song Metatron. Like, yeah. I, when I first heard it, it like I thought it was three different songs in one because <laughs> there's like so many sudden changes, and that's what it reminded me a lot. Yeah, yeah. he's notorious about that stuff. He's over here. Hi, Andy. Hi. I don't know. Uh, not that I've seen. What did, what did you think of what you heard of the album? You know, the parts that I heard I actually kind of dig. Sweet. I've heard a lot of Omar shit, and I don't like most of his stuff. I actually like that. Sweet. Oh. That's good to know. I don't like Omar. Okay. Cool. Closing thoughts. So yeah, uh, I have a little bit I'll say at the end, but is there anything else that you guys want to say in particular? 
That was a badass album. Yeah. Go listen to it and listen to more of his shit. Cool. I mean, I liked it. I'm not sure I'd like... I would throw it on the car. Right. <laughs> I feel like it's something I would give... I could give another listen to. Okay, Just cool. to see see if I get anything else out of it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, at first listen, I kind of like it more than the last two Mars Volta albums. I believe it. Um, although I kind of came to really like Nocturna Kit. Like, that's mm. a really good one. Yeah, that one gets cool. I still really like yeah. both. But, yeah, it reminded me a lot of the jammy sections of Francis the Mute, which yeah, is like for one sure. of my favorite albums of all time. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to revisit this probably when I'm going home. Sweet, dude. Well, on that subject, if you guys, the listeners at home, or you guys are curious about this, the problem is he had a split with the label that released all this stuff in 2012, so you can't find any of this stuff anymore. Shit. However, this album, along with a few others, are still available on Sargent House's website, and they are trying to get rid of this shit so bad. This CD, along with a bunch of his others, are only five bucks. You can get the vinyl version of this for ten if they still have it. They have some shirts, but yeah, it's all, it's really hard to find a lot of his solo stuff, except for this one. You can still find this, and it's a challenge. Nice. This is like the contra of modern rock music. So, thank you guys for being here. Thank you at home for listening. We're gonna call it. Thank you. Bye. Blanc. It is time. Do, do, do the clap. Well, we don't need a slate because we're just. <laughs> <laughs> we're already going, man. We're it's not late. A, we're not attempting to record video because we don't want sunset in this one where we had sunrise in the last. <laughs> oh shit, that was weird. Yeah, I forgot about it. Because we that. went, we went so early that we forgot that sunrise would come through the window. Well, I was oh. up all night. Yeah, it's kind of romantic. I slept for like two hours. It was kind of romantic. So yeah. That when I first heard it, like the ending was like felt really cut off. I'm like, did it just end? And then I have noticed like how it loops back into the first song. Ah. That's badass. Um, it's an okay album. Like it's really good in the first half, and then it kind of falls down. Have you heard of uh, Igor? Igor. It's pronounced Igor. the two words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've yeah. That's just I get that fucking insane. insane. I haven't actually yeah. finished that movie. I've only heard a few recording? tracks. Yeah, I started recording already. Oh shit. I just, I'm just gonna cut it. it. You're good. Uh, Shreyas recommended that we do a King Gizzard album on here because I don't like them, so I should like. They released <laughs> five albums yeah, five. last year, which I think is impressive, but their yeah. microtonalism. I mean, that can be good or bad. That could just be, like, doing shit just It's quality over it. quantity. Well... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. That's why we're here, and that's so, why we listen to that. So, yeah, we're back. <laughs> <laughs>